Welcome to the Fastest Five Minutes, presented by Kroll and Mooring. We are your co-hosts for this edition, Peter Ayer in the Catchy Canoe, bringing you a bi-weekly summary of significant government contracts, legal and regulatory developments that no government contracts lawyer or executive should be without. And we start this week with Section 889, which has been a major area of focus. As we've talked about on the last couple of podcasts, Section 889 and the implementing regulations prohibit the government from contracting with any entity that uses equipment, systems, or service that incorporates covered telecommunications equipment or services from five named Chinese companies and subsidiaries or affiliates. And it's pretty broad. It includes any substantial or essential component of a system or critical technology as part of any system. We're seeing almost daily guidance, inquiries, certification requests from different agencies, and we expect that pace to only increase. August 13th is the deadline after which contracting officers can't award contracts or issue task orders or delivery orders to companies that uses those telecom equipment or services unless an exception is granted. So remains a big area of focus, and we expect an uptick to continue. I'm going to turn it over to Nikechi to cover a couple of items. Thanks, Peter. First item is in reference to some federal network security developments. On July 31st, the DHS Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, known as CISA, released the final versions of three of the Trusted Internet Connections TIC 3.0 core guidance documents. The TIC program was initially developed in 2007 to assess federal civilian agencies in protecting information technology architecture and services and securing their IT networks. The TIC 3.0 core guidance documents are sequential in nature and should be read in order of release to gain a complete understanding of the IT modernization initiative. The first three documents released and available on CISA's website are the Program Guidebook, Reference Architecture, and Security Capabilities Catalog, formerly known as the Security Capabilities Handbook. Draft versions of these documents were released last year in December 2019, and a request for comments and adjudication period followed the release. A summary of the comments and CISA's response is available in the response to comments on draft TIC 3.0 guidance documentation on CISA's website. Later on this year, CISA expects to release final versions of the next sequential documents, the Use Case Handbook, Overlay Handbook, formerly known as the Service Provider Overlay Handbook, the traditional TIC use case, and Branch Office use case. Moving on to COVID fraud and what to expect next, on July 28, the SBA OIG issued a report titled Serious Concerns of Potential Fraud and the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program Pertaining to the Response to COVID-19. The report identifies the OIG's potential fraud concerns relating to the emergency funding provided under the Economic Injury Disaster Loan and Advanced Grant Programs created pursuant to the CARES Act and the PPP and Healthcare Enhancement Act. This report notes that nearly 440 financial institutions have contacted the OIG to express serious concerns about potential fraud and have reported at least nine types of suspicious activity, including account holders claiming to use the funds to open a business, account holders attempting to withdraw funds in cash or transfer the funds to other newly established accounts, and economic 
injury loans or advance grants being deposited into customer personal accounts. The OIG also found that the SBA issued 6,132 economic injury loans and 20,692 advance grants to potentially ineligible businesses. The report further states that as of June 19th, the SBA had approved more than $250 million in COVID-19 economic injury loans and advance grants to potentially ineligible businesses. And as of June 6th, the SBA had made duplicate economic injury loans to nearly 300 businesses. We expect to see a major uptick in investigations and enforcement activity surrounding all types of CARES relief and COVID funding. And as we have mentioned before on our podcast, contractors have a short window to prepare for audits and investigations that are starting to increase. Peter, back over to you. Yeah, picking up on the point McKechie just made, obviously this specific report is focused on one kind of relief, but we're starting to see that relief really expand pretty dramatically and the audits and investigations are starting to roll with subpoenas and other types of inquiries. So we think that we're really just starting to see the beginning of this. I want to briefly touch on one other item, an executive order out of the White House. On August 5th, President Trump issued Executive Order 13940, directing federal agencies to engage in two distinct reviews to assess how their current practices align with administration policy, focused on creating opportunities for U.S. workers to compete for jobs, including jobs created through federal contracts. The EO directs the head of each federal contracting agency to review the extent to which contractors and subcontractors use temporary foreign labor for contracts performed in the United States, as well as whether services previously performed in the United States are being outsourced for performance in foreign countries. Within 120 days of that issuance, agencies have to report out to OMB. The second piece is that the executive order directs the secretaries of labor and Homeland Security to take action to protect U.S. workers from adverse effects caused by employment of H-1B visa holders, including by requiring employers and secondary employers to file certifications required by Immigration and Naturalization Act regarding the hiring of H-1B. The executive order, there are a whole bunch of questions that remain. It provides pretty minimal guidance on how agencies should conduct the two reviews, and there's really not much there on the types of data that the agency should rely on, what authorities contracting agencies should use to collect that information from contractors, but we're certainly going to be watching this closely as agencies develop guidance and some of those questions start to have some answers. So with that, we're going to close it out. This has been the Fastest Five Minutes brought to you by Kroll and Mooring. See you again in two weeks. If you have questions about these items, I can be reached at 202. 624-2807, and Nakechi can be reached at 202-624-2872. Thank you so much for joining, and be well. The Fastest 5 Minutes podcast is brought to you by Kroll & Mori LLP. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review. You can find more information at kroll.com slash govconpodcast.